a worldview of personal responsibility. When a person is tried in court for murder, the guilt or innocence of that person is described in terms of their responsibility. As a negative example, when the body of the murdered individual is found, the person who discovered the body thinks to themselves, who is responsible for this death? But in a more positive example, decreasing death rates in a crime-saturated town leads to the question, who is responsible for this change? Societies are preoccupied with addressing questions of responsibility, as they are the questions which must be answered if any society is to last. As such, different worldview adaptations have been proposed over the centuries as a way to view the world through the proper lens to foster the type of society that is desired. One such worldview which rises to the occasion is that of naturalism. Naturalism, according to Carl Sagan, is the view that the cosmos is all there is or ever was or ever will be. That is to say, there is no other reality which can or should be considered besides that of the natural realm. Life and naturalism, as James Sire puts it, is the silence of finite space. There is no voice from beyond to which man can look to for meaning. The naturalistic worldview is very popular in academic circles. Naturalism is the lens by which the popularization of evolution took place, especially thanks to Charles Darwin. Because of the deep-rooted influence of this worldview in academia in the secular world, the question must be asked, on what basis does a naturalist believe man is a responsible being? To answer this question, a brief survey of naturalism and the logical conclusions as such will be briefly analyzed. Naturalism teaches the eternality of the universe. While the mantra, nothing comes from nothing, something is, seems to indicate that the eternality of the universe as expressed in naturalism speaks to time, it is better to understand this tenet of naturalism as speaking to authority. If the universe is eternal, then there is no authority or power that lies beyond or above the universe with the ability to speak into life objectively. Further, life cannot be considered ultimately as creation. Instead, only matter exists, evolving and surviving in different expressions over time, forever and ever. What then is the initial impact of this tenet when considering human responsibility? If the myth of objective authority found in other worldviews is finally put to rest, then all that remains is a purely materialistic world, is that which is, exists as the supreme authority by means of evolution. In this case, that supreme authority is, you guessed it, humanity. Yet at the same time, human beings are, quote, simply part of the cosmos. This recognition indicates that the concept of responsibility is a moot point in naturalism, at least in the final analysis. Instead, naturalists are, as Romans 2 says, a law to themselves. For this reason, James Sire asserts that the difference between naturalism and theism is this. For a theist, God is the foundation of values. For a naturalist, values are constructed by human beings. So what impact does this consideration have on society? Further, what impact does this consideration have on the responsibility of man? 
Well, in one sense, naturalism allows man to create, establish, limit, and even eliminate the notion of responsibility altogether. Since the foundation of values belongs to the survival of the most fit, i.e. humans, man has the authority to decide all considerations of responsibility. With the initial example in this brief analysis of a courtroom uncovering the responsibility of murder, it is assumed that responsibility is viewed evenly by every judge. However, the presence or absence of a naturalistic worldview determines the nature of responsibility. If man is the foundation of value, murder is defined by man. What qualifies as murder in one setting condemns an individual as the party fully responsible and subject to justice. Yet in another setting, namely that of abortion, the same stipulations of responsibility are cast aside in the name of freedom of choice. Is there tension here? There surely is. But the tension is only required to be dealt with in a world that extends beyond naturalism. In fact, naturalism demands the inconsistency of responsibility. Why is this? Because naturalism does not require an objective standard of morality or ethics. There is no thread or template of responsibility to measure. Thus, it is perfectly compatible with the naturalistic worldview to allow for instances of murder, cannibalism, and anything else as various expressions of the evolutionary process. The example of abortion is yet another instance of value in which the nature of murder is determined by the nature of value or truth. Where this value comes from determines the stipulations of responsibility. While this tension can be explained away as a matter of complexities of nature, what naturalism cannot explain in terms of responsibility is, quote, how does ought derive from is? That is to say, how does responsibility become a viable lens in which to live? Within the limitations of naturalism, is can never become ought. A pure naturalism cannot allow for oughtness, only that which is. Man may argue and labor to present different variations of is within the worldview, but each suggestion of is is subjective to the next suggestion forever. And so it is that naturalism cannot answer the question of responsibility without caving to the inadequacy of the worldview altogether. As a result of the unsolvable tension, many people transition from naturalism to nihilism or seek to invent an entirely new reality in that of postmodernism. Yet in both splits of the naturalism worldview, either to nihilism or postmodernism, the emphasis is on the fact that man is only responsible in so much as he says he is. But if all questions of life are left to man as the foundation of value, then questions of meaning are also left to man. It is in this skepticism that naturalism gives way to a pessimistic nihilism.